One of my favorite movies of all time, it's going to prove how old I am, is I love Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Anybody love that movie? So Jesse, you're young. Thank you for raising your hand, even if you lied. That makes me feel better. I love that movie. And contained within that movie, The Raiders of the Lost Ark, is one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. Watch this. You know, I love that. I love that scene, but I do realize that you, the, the fight scenes in there are really cheesy. Have you noticed that? They're like missing each other's faces like by about four inches. Anyway, I wanted to share that movie clip with you because I love it, first of all, but I also wanted to share it with you because I want you to let that image, especially the final scene of that clip, to kind of simmer in your mind. You see, here's the deal. We human beings find ourselves in a fight for our lives all the time. It's not a, a literal fight like you saw on, uh, in this video clip, but we are in a spiritual fight, the spiritual fight of our lives almost every day. And most of us aren't even aware of it. Most of us, um, if we are aware of it, are like the guy who brings the knife to a gunfight. Now, I'll explain to you what I mean in just a second, but let me just say this to begin with. As those, those, some of you are guests or visitors with us today, and I want you to know that we've been in the middle of a sermon series entitled Soul Detox. And the purpose of this sermon series has been to um, uh, identify the things that, some of the things in our lives that are toxic to our souls. Uh, we've talked about um, how negative words can be toxic to our souls, right? We've talked about how fear can be toxic to our souls. Radioactive or unhealthy relationships can be toxic to our souls. Well, um, the imagery or the analogy of toxicity is a good one, but there are other analogies that fit what we've been talking about as well. And one of them is a fight, a battle. And um, as I said, I think... Many of us have been um, bringing a knife to these battles that we've been fighting when the other guy's been bringing a, uh, a gun. Now, I want you to keep that image in your mind this morning as we look at the, the battle that is facing us for this week. Um, every person that has ever lived and that ever will live is battling with negative thoughts. Negative thoughts run through our mind on a loop all the time. Now, your thoughts may be different than my thoughts, but everybody has negative thoughts or septic thoughts that run through our minds. And oftentimes, we feel uh, like we are out of, they're out of control or we have no control over them. 
We can try to take control over those negative thoughts that have a tendency to, to roll through our mind and, and um, take us captive. But the moment we get tired and weary and those thoughts come back and they just keep rolling. Well, today I want to show you how to, um, to take those thoughts captive. I want to show you how to win that fight. And it's not by using a knife. There is a weapon available to you that can change everything. And you just need to know you got it. If you have your Bibles, I hope you've already opened them up to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And as you're doing that, I'm going to give you a little history. So it'll, this history will help you to understand what God wants to teach us today. In um, the, the church of Corinth, Paul writes this letter to the church of Corinth. Now, you need to know that the church of Corinth had it going on. They were smart they were sophisticated, they were rich, and the Holy Spirit was moving in their church in profound ways. But here's what was going on. They were still human beings. And as human beings, they still struggled with some things. And the irony is this, their strengths, those strengths that I just identified for you a moment ago, actually had become their greatest weakness. Because they were smart, because they were sophisticated, because they were rich, and because the Spirit was moving, they kind of became arrogant. They didn't think they needed to listen to anybody else because they were so smart, sophisticated, rich, and Spirit-filled. They didn't even think they needed to listen to the Apostle Paul, who was the one that introduced them to Jesus in the first place. He's the one that... that, uh, that uh, planted the church that they were in that they were so proud of. But they thought, well, he's no more spiritual than we are. And he's certainly not smarter than we are. And he's certainly not richer than we are. So why should we listen to him? So, it was that arrogant attitude that um, opened them up to a nefarious influence. Now, what was this nefarious influence? His name is the devil. Now, I don't know what y'all believe about the devil. Um, it, you do not need to believe in the devil to be a Christian, to go to heaven. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. But I'm here to tell you, just because you choose not to believe in the devil doesn't make him any less real. All right? In fact, the devil loves that you choose not to believe in him because when you choose not to believe in him, um, basically you're giving yourself, your life, your mind, it's kind of like a, a playground for him because he can do whatever he wants and you really don't have any, any way to stop him. You're kind of like someone who comes to a battle with a knife when the other guy's got a, a gun. So, what happens here is that the Apostle Paul, when he hears what's going on in this, this church that's got it going on, when he hears what's going on, he says, he says to him, listen, you guys are under, uh, under attack. You are being, uh, the devil is after you. And the reason why the devil was after them is because they had it going on. You see, if you're not a threat to the devil, he'll just let you mess yourself up. But if you are a threat, he'll do whatever he can. He'll use whatever inroads he needs to try to destroy you because he hates you. The Apostle Paul says, the devil's hating on you guys right now. 
You're in a fight for your lives. You're in a fight for your immortal souls, and you don't even know it. That's, what he, that's when he says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Sarah read it for you a moment ago, but let's look at it again. He says, okay, you're in this battle, right? He says, the weapons that you have to fight with are not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to destroy every stronghold and to take captive every thought in Christ. Now, your Bible may say it a little differently than that, but basically that's what all the translations say. The weapons that you have to fight with are not of this world. On the contrary, you have the power to take, take captive every thought in Christ. You have the power to destroy every stronghold. Every high thought and pretension against God. You have the power. Now that's some pretty religious stuff, isn't it? What in the world does it mean, however? You read that kind of stuff and you just think, I don't even know why I bother reading the Bible because it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Can you imagine going to work someday and somebody makes a comment, well, you need to know that the weapons you have to fight with have the power to destroy every stronghold and hypertension against God. Can you imagine that? You just look at them and say, you're nuts. Well, let me, I'm going to boil this down for you so that you can understand in very simple ways what the Apostle Paul was saying. He was saying, stop bringing a knife to a gunfight. You're being attacked. And you're going to lose this fight unless you change your tactics. You see, you have available to you a power that can change and transform the universe. But you're not using it. You see, let me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. You see, the truth of the matter is this battle, this fight that we're in, it's not even our battle. Yes, it's true that the devil wants to destroy you because he hates you, but you want to know who he hates more? He hates Jesus even more. And his, it's really, every time he comes after you, he's really going after Jesus. So what? So what, is this, what are these weapons that we have available to us that are so powerful? Well, they're scattered throughout the Bible, to be quite honest with you, but I can boil that down pretty simply for you also. I can describe it in one word. It's Jesus. If you come into this battle, what Jesus is really saying, what Paul, what the Apostle Paul is trying to say to us in this passage of Scripture is that when you come into this battle, when you realize that you're in a battle, the best thing you can possibly do is simply step aside and let Jesus handle it. This is his battle. You cannot win it, but he can. So step aside and say, here you go. Now that brings us back to the whole um, septic thought 
conversation that we were having a moment ago. As I alluded to earlier, everybody has that stuff going on. Everybody does. You don't think that? Most of us try to put on this front to prove that, you know, I'm strong and I'm all that and I don't have problems like you have, which is an absolute lie. Everybody has this. Everybody has this stuff going on. Everybody has things like, I am so stupid. I'm so ugly. Why even try? You might as well give up. I'm tired. I can't fight these battles. I lose all the time. Why has everything always happened to me? Why don't people like me? Now, do you have the, or is that the loop that's going on in your head? I don't know. The truth of the matter is those whispers that you hear, those, those thoughts, they're different for all of us. But I'm guessing that I hit on some of yours. And you're thinking, how did he know? The reason why I know is because everybody has them. And those septic, ugly, destroying thoughts have defined you your whole life. And you have felt helpless. Because what we try to do is we try to say, I'm just going to push them away. I I just need to be strong. That's not the truth. I'm just going to say no, and I'm going to push it down. And what you can do is you can distract yourself from them for a while. You can get busy doing stuff. Getting, getting, doing life and this, and, but then as soon as you get tired, as soon as you start feeling weary, those thoughts pop back up and they start going in that loop again. You know, crap. I'm not supposed to say crap in church, I know, but I do it all the time, don't I? There it is again. There they are again. Why do I even try? What did the scripture say? Basically, the Scripture says you shouldn't try. You should let Him. For the weapons that you have to fight with are not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to destroy every stronghold and, to, and, to, um, and every uh, thought and high pretension against God. And then what? To take captive. Listen, right? They have the power to take captive every thought. How? In Christ. If you try to do it by yourself, you will fail. If you do it with Jesus, you will win. If you think I can be strong, you will be for a while, but then you will be weak and you will lose, but Jesus can be strong. You see, He always wins. So step aside. And say, just when the, the moment the loop starts in your head, say, nope, I'm not fighting this battle. I'm giving them to you, Jesus. I've been doing this my whole life and I've been failing my whole life. I can't do this. I'm giving them to you, Jesus. Take captive those thoughts. And you take them, you say, nope, here you go. You give them to Jesus. Now, here's the fly in the ointment. None of what I just described to you works 
unless you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. You can come to church and hear one of my fantastic sermons for every Sunday for the next 10 years, and it's not going to be good enough. Unless you accept Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. And that, by, that begins by confessing your weakness, confessing that I have sinned, Lord. I have fallen short of what I know I even expected myself, let alone what you expected me. Please forgive me. Instantaneously, Jesus says, I've already forgiven you. I was just waiting for you to receive it. Just like that. It's not good enough for you to read your Bible and listen to Christian music. That's all good. But that's not enough to stop the loop in your head. Only submitting to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is enough. And when you've done that, when you accept this love that He has for you, He says, when you start being attacked, He says, step aside. Let me handle this. And then you win because He's already won. I mean, are you, aren't you tired of listening to those voices? Those negative thoughts that have been looping through your brain your whole life? Aren't you tired of that? You should be. And today can be the day that it ends. Not because you're all that, but because He is. And you just need to take what He has to offer. Trust Him. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. If you've never accepted Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior, maybe today is the day you ought to. And if you need some help, if you'd like some help, pray in that prayer. I'd be honored to do it in just a minute. Oh, they're already there. They're going to be singing our, our final song today. And during that final song, I'm going to be standing right over there by the prayer room. And if anybody needs a prayer with your pastor. It would be my privilege to get a prayer with you. Okay. Jesse. In this country, we elect a president and we declare our independence. But in God's kingdom, Jesus reigns supreme and we declare his promises. Would you please stand in joining us in declaring what we believe? We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in our Lord.
Jesus, we believe. We believe all of your promises found in Scripture, which all point to you. And we believe in you. We believe that you were crucified and were raised three days later. We believe that you ascended into heaven and are now seated on the throne. We believe that you're sovereign over the creation of the earth and all of history, that you reign supreme, and that in you we have nothing to fear. We can dispatch the thoughts that turn us away from you and we can fix our eyes on you. And because of that, we can go out into a world that doesn't know you and make you known. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. And we ask that you would continue to empower us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. Have a great week.